0: Most wonderful show is keeping up with the
1: Joneses. Hello, my plaid shirt wearing beauty.
0: <laughs> Hello, my gray shirt wearing beauty.
1: <laughs> I just took a photo of you posted it to Instagram. You look so cute.
0: Oh, thanks.
1: But I had to make it in black and white because your shirt clashes with the color of our chair.
0: Well, actually, technically my shirt has some orange in it.
1: Your shirt is pink and purple. What's it doing with orange in it? It has some orange in it. That's a crime against humanity.
0: Well, it's a great
1: shirt, and it works for the shirt. No doubt. It's a great shirt. I'm not denying that. <laughs> but with our orange chair, it doesn't work too well.
0: Well, I could see that.
1: Let's do a rundown on this week.
0: Well, the SOSL started this Yay! week. Woo-woo! And uh, and you taught on hearing God's voice, which is... Uh,
1: I did, but I taught Mark Verkler's material. Mark Verkler, who taught me how to hear God's voice. Yes. I have then gone on and taught his material around the world, because it's, I I don't know of a better step, four-step process to hearing God's voice than marks.
0: It is a very um, succinct way of learning how to hear God's voice.
1: If you haven't heard that succinct way of hearing God's voice, we did a podcast on that way back when we were just in double-digit podcasts. If you go to (laughs) Alan, if you go to com slash (gasps) 18, you'll be able to listen to that podcast.
0: Way back to 18. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm um michelle Vowder spoke at emanate on seeking god's strength
1: she didn't just speak she absolutely killed it
0: she did kill it it was fantastic i
1: was watching you know one aspect of her speaking is her slides mm-hmm. and I, I was watching her slides and i'm like Truly, the student has become the master.
0: Her slide game is on point.
1: Her slide game was ridiculous. Yes. I was like, okay, challenge accepted. <laughs> so I think I'm going to hire Brad Pitt to do a photo shoot for my next just to kind of up a level.
0: Okay. Um, I don't remember seeing that in the budget. <laughs>
1: Brad's a friend of mine. We go way back, so uh-huh. it should be fine. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, my dad arrived.
0: He did. What's it like
1: having my dad in the house?
0: It's great, he's uh, super low maintenance. And very good with the kids and you know, reads them stories and is amused greatly by their antics.
1: I just went to Whole Foods and brought the chocolate apocalypse home with me. Uh, (laughs) And you're not supposed to eat any chocolate? I haven't been eating any of his chocolate at all. It's all for him. Mm -hmm. But I think we can agree that I come by my sweet tooth honestly.
0: You do. You may not be supposed to be eating chocolate, but did you want to confess anything you ate this afternoon? Nope.
1: That's not the point of this podcast.
0: (laughs) I come downstairs, listeners from putting MJ to bed and Alan has this look on his face like he's trying to appear casual <laughs> which is my first sign that he's eating something he's not supposed to eat. The second sign of course is the whipped cream that's still in the corner of his <laughs> mouth and he's trying to just casually act like he didn't just take and a I massive
1: thought, I bite I of wiped it cheesecake. Off. Yeah, But to be fair it wasn't chocolate cheesecake it was lemon meringue cheesecake. You're still
0: not supposed to have it. <laughs>
1: Good lord it was so worth the punishing looks I got from you. <laughs> I don't know how the Cheesecake Factory can pour out liquid meringue. It is so good. What do you mean? Well, if somebody would bottle that, I'd bathe in this stuff. Oh, gosh. It's it's like liquid marshmallow. Yeah. And before anybody writes in and tells me there's this thing called fluff in the grocery store, I know about fluff. It was practically my first purchase on Vaughn moving <laughs> to America.
0: <laughs> oh, dear.
1: But it isn't good. I don't know what the Cheesecake Factory... I don't, I don't know what culinary sorcerers they have going on there.
0: That's probably what it but is, but it was amazing. Yeah,
1: lemon cheesecake. Yay, Dad for that!
0: The kids, of course, had Oreo and were not willing to share. It's very tragic. Um, what else happened this week? We oh, I yeah. got my iPhone. Yeah, you got your iPhone. I didn't get mine.
1: What do you think dun, dun, dun. about it? G- um, give us your non techy review of the non-techy iPhone. My non techy
0: review is it feels lighter. Okay. I don't know if it is lighter, but it feels lighter. And I like the new shade of the blue cover that I have.
1: <laughs> good. that That's an important
0: detail. <laughs> the camera. The camera seems better. It seems good.
1: It is a much better camera.
0: Yeah. Um, but otherwise, uh, I mean, I'm enjoying the stickers and the new sort of things that it does. Let's but.
1: talk about stickers. Okay. I've, I thought.
0: You have a I sticker would be, issue.
1: I thought I'd be an old curmudgeon who's just like, ah, stickers, who needs those? But apparently I love stickers. Apparently. I'm stickering everything I can. Yes. If you text me, you are likely to get a barrage of stickers that more than you were expecting. I go into a sticker fight with Tink and... uh That was a lot of fun.
0: That's probably a person you don't want to sticker fight with. Well, the thing is, she didn't know how to use them. So so you won.
1: No, well, basically for the first half an hour, I was like, in your face, in your face. And then (laughs) then it got boring because she didn't know how to, so I talked her through how to do it. And that was my downfall.
0: Yeah, you never should have told her.
1: Mm, No, she just, uh, she just rapidly acquired new sticker packs. Yes. Let me ask you about the most controversial thing about the new iPhone.
0: Okay, I'm ready.
1: No headphone slot. (gasps) I don't care. Okay. But baby, there's no headphone port on it.
0: But they give you new headphones to plug in to your phone. And that's with it. their new thing.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I've just been facetious.
0: Yeah, I don't care.
1: What about the fact that there isn't a real button?
0: Um, that's a little
1: weird. The home button is weird. Yeah,
0: it's a little weird. Do
1: you know why it's weird? Um,
0: it's so that it is waterproof.
1: No, it that wasn't the angle I was going at. It's oh. weird because you didn't listen to me. You've got it a setting too, and. Only a barbaric lunatic would have it uh, anything other than setting three.
0: Really? Mm -hmm. Well, when you get your phone, whenever that will be in a few months' time, they finally come to Tennessee, you can set yours to number three. uh, But for now, I will take my brand new phone and set it to two if I like.
1: Okay, and it will feel weird for you, but I'm here offering you help. Just come to me. Thank you for All you who are unclicky (laughs) and set it to setting three and you'll be fine. I don't want to. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, the iPhone 7 and iPhone 7 Plus doesn't actually have it does have a space for a home button but it is an immovable button and instead there's something called a taptic engine behind it, that when you press the button it kind of vibrates to make it feel like there's a button which it doesn't do a great job on but, but the,
0: they did it because it's waterproof
1: does yeah it's completely well it's it's water resistant i'm not sure it's waterproof but yes you can i'm splitting here so yeah okay you could drop in the toilet and you'd be fine
0: see fantastic i'm gonna go try that now <laughs>
1: my problem is that there are no iphone 7 pluses in tennessee
0: there really aren't
1: that's not strictly speaking true
0: you could have had a pink one
1: i could have a pink one but yeah and i don't even care about the fact it's pink what i care about is that the front of it is white
0: because real men can
1: I'd, have a pink phone i'd be fine with a pink phone
0: babe look at my phone it's beautiful and the front of it is white
1: no i don't like it i, I, don't, d- I don't like the bezel being white why look how good that looks framed in black no
0: mine looks so much better yeah
1: but you're a too clicky person i cannot <laughs> okay. even trust your judgment anymore. whatever
0: whatever anyway, i'm a trendsetter That's i went I to am. the
1: apple store and they were very kind in letting me basically my argument was look there's no iphone 7 pluses for t-mobile who's our carrier of choice but you do have an iphone 7 plus for at&t and they're technically identical phones and so they said well sir would be, s- be happy to sell you an at&t one if you think it would work but as soon as we started the checkout process, it was tied to AT&T's inventory, and the only way they'd sell me is at full price. Sorry, did I bore I you think, already?
0: Yeah, I was a little bit bored. Okay, I'm so sorry. Sorry. I think maybe it was a sign that we should switch back to AT&T. Well,
1: I don't think you want to do that for so many reasons.
0: Oh. Like having good signal?
1: Well, the thing is, we do get good signal with T-Mobile, as long as we're not in a remote part no, of as the long as
0: you're in a city. Yeah, You don't have any stuff on the highways.
1: But what's my backup plan for that? (laughs) Okay, you're a nerd. My backup plan was to buy a Verizon mobile hotspot. I married a nerd, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So we always have internet wherever we go. So we have a little Mm -hmm. Verizon backpack for when we're in hard-to-reach areas. We can Mm -hmm. just tether to that. And it does five devices. Or we
0: could have just been with (laughs) AT&T.
1: But it would have cost us a fortune.
0: Oh, sadness.
1: There's our iPhone update.
0: Wasn't that exciting?
1: I sat in a dentist chair for three hours while you were (laughs) off getting an iPhone.
0: I, yes. I sat in
1: a dentist chair for almost three hours
0: as well. (laughs)
1: For three hours. We have a wonderful dentist. Yep. And I'm currently having all my amalgam fillings removed. Yes. Why? To get rid of all the mercury. And because it's. And my teeth are not structurally. He was like. Yeah, I won't tell you what he said, but basically my teeth are like Swiss cheese. So he's patching them up so I can get some orthodontic works so that my teeth don't look like a graveyard that's just been hit by a tornado.
0: Yes, it's a good idea.
1: But in the process of sitting in the chair for three hours having my teeth drilled out, I didn't follow my dentist's direction and he ended up hitting my tongue with a drill. So as a result, my tongue got cut and it's not very pleasant. I'm sorry, babe. Yeah, you say that, but...
0: Oh. I tried to put a band-aid on it for you, and you're all like, I don't want a band-aid in my mouth. Anyway, what else did we do? We went to the Belonging Conference this week.
1: Our friends Henry and Alex Seeley run Mm -hmm. an amazing church in Nashville called The Belonging. And it was their first conference this weekend, and you went to more than I was able to with my dad in town. He's only here for seven days in a year, so I'm trying to prioritize time with him. Yeah. How was your time at the conference?
0: It was great. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I got to hear at least all the speakers that I hadn't heard or, you know, do my best. So I got to hear, uh, I think his name was Jürgen on uh, Thursday night. He was excellent, really he, good.
1: With a name like that, he's definitely from Kentucky. Yeah,
0: strangely enough, uh, he isn't, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, but anyway, he pastors a church in San Diego and uh, brilliant. I think it was probably one of the better... Uh, salvation messages I've ever heard. It was just excellent.
1: Good. And lots of people got saved.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yay, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, didn't make it there on Friday, uh, but made it back on Saturday. And we heard Chris Durso, Mm -hmm. who's from New York City.
1: Well, a fun little part about Chris Durso, I really enjoyed listening to him. He was a very funny guy and had some great points I tweeted out. But what I didn't realize was When I was younger, so much younger than before. Wait, that's the song. I just, sorry, I got sidetracked into The Beatles. When I was younger, I read an amazing book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire by Pastor Jim Cimbala about the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. Mm -hmm. From whence comes the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. It was a profound book. When I was still in The Brethren, it was one of the first books I read that helped me understand that there might be more than my current um, understanding. And it just... It was a really pivotal book for me to read. Well, I didn't realize that Chris is from that church and Misfit, which is the church born out of that church, is their young adult church. So yeah. that was a nice little like, oh, it's really. It's so cool. Yeah, it was a nice little kind of drawing the dots of meeting him and, and getting to hang out with him and his crew that he brought from New York and City.
0: And his wife uh, was lovely as well. So they were they were super fun and and very well dressed
1: very well and he very smelled amazing i sat next to him and was i was so like funny. good lord he smells good
0: <laughs> I've, i'm just i'm impressed anytime people can pull off those flat bill trucker hats you know and make it look like yes
1: there's only a certain group of people who can pull off those flat bill nylon trucker hats and look cool yes. and not scary yes and he definitely managed to do he that he did
0: it yeah he did
1: i would look scary in one
0: yeah yeah, uh, I I think really the next time that The Belonging has a conference, uh, we're going to have to invest in some skinny jeans for both of us. W- nobody wants to see me in and- skinny jeans. We have to invest in a lot more black clothing. And black clothing, yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking black
1: skinny jeans. And those long t-shirts that kind of like a bib at the back, you know, yeah. they're longer at the back than yeah. at the front. Yeah. Lyle was wearing a lot of those. I was just like, I'm it's so true. out of touch.
0: It's true, and I just got a bunch of like UK baby boy clothing for mj when dad came over and it all looks like lyle clothing
1: basically mj looks like a mini lyle he phillips does.
0: yeah except without the beard yeah
1: we, you know what while he's asleep let's, <laughs> let's sharpie on a beard
0: <laughs> let's go pencil it in and then today
1: at church an interesting announcement was made wasn't it
0: yes yeah, so we're gonna start carrying gluten-free muffins no <laughs> just kidding <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny. Oh, good psych. That was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had an exciting announcement made. Jeff and Becky, our senior pastors, announced. Drumroll, please. Go ahead. No, you have to crescendo it. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. That was a sound of horrendous in your car stereo. <laughs> but basically, they announced that you and I are now the senior associate pastors at Gray Center. Yes. What does that mean?
0: It kind of acknowledges some of what we've been doing already
1: let's just cut to the chase it doesn't mean we get our own parking space
0: no it doesn't
1: i've been lobbying for I a parking space since we got I here just, eight years you ago. know
0: it's very sad it
1: will not happen
0: no 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 parking spots
1: just a helipad <laughs> <might be> happy. <laughs> yeah yeah sorry i interrupted you by being funny what, what were you saying
0: um well i mean I'm, in some ways it acknowledges what we've already been doing uh, in in many ways, in the last couple of years, in in supporting Jeff and just trying to uh, help make things happen, and probably empowers us a bit more to serve better. Yeah, I know.
1: I think that's a wonderful thing about authority, is it allows you to serve with greater emphasis. Yeah, which, yeah, which I think is amazing. Yeah, it's it's really funny because. Jeff and Becky and you and I, the the four of us have been talking for a a couple of years now about what the Lord's been speaking to us about the direction of our church and where we're going. And so it's really exciting to see after a number of years of prayer, us moving, beginning to move somewhat in the direction that we felt like the Lord's leading us in. And we feel super loved and Mm -hmm. super honored that Jeff and Becky and our, our church trust us in this role. And. Anyway, I'm super excited for what happens at Grace Center. super excited about what happens in our city. I just loved two weekends ago being with Legacy Nashville, and then this weekend being with The Belonging. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, today being at Grace Center. I just love what God's doing in our city. I'm yeah,
0: God's really doing excited. amazing stuff in our city. And I love that we're, uh, we're all connected to each other, and we're all for each other and championing each other and that kind of stuff. That's, that's super exciting to me as well.
1: Yeah, I love what God's doing in our city. I, I think it's amazing. All right, our main topic. As I mentioned, two weeks ago, we were at the Legacy Nashville conference mm. and we were on a leadership panel and Pastor Lyle got to ask us questions along with asking his mom and dad questions about leadership. And then this weekend, I was leading a panel where I got to ask Pastor Henry and Pastor Alex a bunch of questions about leadership. Yeah, But there were some questions we didn't get asked on the Legacy Nashville panel, And there were some questions I didn't get to. I ran out of time before I could ask Alex and Henry these questions. So I thought we could discuss some answers to the questions I didn't get time to ask on this podcast. Is everybody confused? Because I am. Basically. Are
0: they hard questions?
1: They're super hard questions. Are
0: they about the Nephilim?
1: They are. Excellent. That and women in ministry. It should be fine. Okay. (laughs) How about this? I was going to ask them, but I'm going to ask you instead. Talk to me, and, and some of these aren't even questions, they're just thoughts with a question mark at the end. I was like, that's okay. probably why I didn't ask That's them. going
0: to be really helpful, okay.
1: <laughs> talk to me about the difference in skill sets between leading and serving.
0: I mean, when you're, when you're leading, you're probably more in a visionary role and you're looking for, uh, you're talking to the Holy Spirit about a direction and how to take whatever you're responsible for in that direction and you know that sort of thing when you're serving you're really uh finding out from your leader what the direction is and then trying to empower their vision
1: that's great i hadn't i hadn't thought of putting it in those terms it's a brilliant answer oh thanks well while you're on a roll do you have any other thoughts
0: i think i think it would be wisdom for anybody who wants to be a leader to get really good at serving first because for one thing, you're sewing into having great people working with you later, right um, that are gonna help you go after the vision that God gives you. Um, and it's just good to have experience of not being the top guy and not getting to do everything you want to do and still staying and sticking in it. and you know that kind of thing. Like one of the things that I really love about, uh, Alex and Henry's testimony is that in their previous incarnation, they stuck with it. You know, right. uh, whether it was going their way or wasn't going their way, they were committed to. All right, I'm going to stay where you've put me, God. And I think that you learn stuff in those seasons that you can't learn by reading a book.
1: Right. I think people look at Alex and Henry and look at what's happened at the belonging and think that happened overnight. Right. For those of you who don't know The Belong, it's a great church in Nashville that's been around for about two and a half years and has grown to a couple of thousand people from just a bunch of people meeting in their basement. So Mm -hmm. It's it's a great quote unquote success story. And the trouble is people can look at what they've done and just think, oh, well, if I just do what they've done, I'll get what they've got. But that's not the case. It isn't an overnight success story. It's 20 years of serving really, really well. Faithfully serving. And then this is the fruit of them serving others. Right. It's that old line that, I, don't, I forget who said it, but it's a brilliant line, that you only have as much authority as you choose to currently submit to.
0: Yeah, that's so, awesome.
1: Yeah, a lot of our, yeah. I view our upgrade to senior associate leaders at Grace Center, is really more empowerment to serve Jeff and Becky's vision better. Yes. We, we can get a lot more done with authority than we can with influence. Right. So, Bill Johnson has this great phrase, which I think ties the serving and the leading thing brilliantly. He says, you want to lead with the heart of a servant and serve with the heart of a king. Mm. And in one way, leadership is still service, but you're serving a much larger group of people, typically.
0: Yes. And I think, uh, I think good leaders will recognize that.
1: When, when we come to speak, when we come to prepare a message, when we come to speak at the school, for example, I have in mind the will of God, obviously, Lord, what do you want to teach these people? But mm. primarily I'm thinking I am coming to serve these people with a message the Lord's put in my heart. It, I don't tend to think I, I've got amazing revelation. Please sit down, be quiet, listen to everything I have to say. Right. It, it's really like, Oh, here's something I think will impact your life. And if I don't have something that I think is of substance, I'd rather not speak. Right. And I think that's, I, I very much view that as serving that I, I want. I want what I prepare to be good because I don't want to waste other people's time. Yeah. And yeah. I, I like that part of serving. So do I. Any other thoughts on serving versus leading? I think it's the same skill set, but you, it, you aim it at different places.
0: I think there's probably, yes, I do agree with that. But I think probably in the serving season, as opposed to the leading season, there's a different kind of dying you know, Go on. well, I think in the serving season, you're really dying to yourself and your vision in order to serve someone else's vision. When you're actually the leader, you're probably more dying to uh, what other people think about you. And oh, um, babe, that's profound. You know that that sort of thing. So I think it's you're. I think God brings refining in different areas when you're in different seasons of uh, leadership and of service. And that's part of why I think it's really unwise to short-circuit it. Just You know what I mean? When I always get a little nervous when when anybody's like, well, you know what, I'm just going to go start my own church. And I'm like, gosh, I hope you learned whatever you needed to learn in the last season. Uh, Because if you didn't, then you don't probably have what you need for the next. I've watched people uh, be called to start a church and uh, under the blessing of their current leadership, start a church and it go really well. And I've watched the opposite happen as well. So, uh, some of it I think is going to still come down to letting leaders speak into your life.
1: I've got another question. Yeah. Which I'm not sure what the question is, but we'll see if one comes out. With oh, it. goody, another one. Okay. Talk about the ingredients timing, favor, anointing, and gifting when it comes to leadership.
0: Well, I think often you're going to see gifting and anointing uh, long before you're going to maybe get the timing and the f- favor part of it right. So I think when you think about sort of fledgling leaders, when you identify, oh, wow, I can totally see either the anointing on that person or the gifting on that person, but you know it's not the right time to release that person and they're not, you know, God's favor isn't on the moment for them right now, for them to step into leadership or whatever. Like, I think that's what, those are the four things you're looking for them to align before actually release somebody into leadership. Right. For sure. But I'd probably throw character in there as the number one. You know, I think it's definitely important that they have, you know, gifting and anointing, but gifting, you can, you know, you can train people to do most things. Right. Um. And the timing of God is, you know, I suppose you can force doors open if you want to, but if you're going to wait for God, then you're going to get his timing. But character is your number one right there.
1: One of the strangest dynamics I've seen is people who have a gift for leadership. There's a gifting on them, Mm. an anointing to lead. But they want to lead where they're going. They don't want to lead where they're at. So I remember meeting a young man in, toronto who yeah god slowly called me to lead a mega church and i was like that's awesome what are you doing with it now he's like well there's no mega churches hiring so i was like yeah but have you started a small group and he's like you know i'm, I'm not called to me. small people <laughs> and i'm like how, how how are you thinking that's going to work in your yeah. life yeah our friend david campbell who's a genius in his own right and we did a podcast with uh we'll put a link in the show notes to his episode because it's really worthwhile listening to, listen to me he's one of the wisest people i know He has this great phrase, that if you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. Mm. I've seen in our life, in the leaders that we've raised, that we've seen, they've had favor on them in our eyes, Mm -hmm. and it feels like the timing to release them, but they don't feel like they have the gifting, but we see the anointing. Yeah. So... And almost all of our small group leaders, for example, when we ask them to be small group leaders, they might have a desire to lead, but they might be like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to do a good job. And we're like, oh, we're not worried about that. Right. We're, we're confident you're going to do a good job. Right.
0: And we can train you to do that. hmm. Yeah.
1: We recognize an anointing on your life to lead and the gifting might not be there. And maybe for a while the gifting isn't there. There's just the Holy Spirit going, you know, invest in them. Yeah. And you give them an opportunity and you watch the gifting grow. and that's. That's like a tremendous joy mm-hmm. to see.
0: It's really fun.
1: And then I, I, think, I think Josh and Sarah have talked about this publicly. But Josh and Sarah Parsons, who are our worship and creative arts pastors at Grace Center, I, I remember asking them initially when we were starting the school, would you come and be small group leaders? And them having this reluctance in their heart, like, I, I, don't, I don't know if we can do this. I'm, I'm not sure that's what our gifting is. And they would be an example of people that we... You know, th- we felt like the timing was right, and they clearly had favor for it. and And favor doesn't make sense, of course, because they're like, "Well, you've never seen us lead. Why do you think we'd be a good leader?" And I, I don't, I don't know if they would agree with us on our perspective. It, it maybe took a little longer for them to see the gift of leadership was on their life than it perhaps it it was for us. It was kind of obvious for us, but I've loved watching them. Say yes to every opportunity to lead from their leaders, and I love where they're at now. I I love like this morning, Elena was dancing on stage, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking, Elena is dancing on stage because Josh and Sarah are her leader, Mm -hmm. and they've created a creative arts program at Gray Center, and they're there because Jeff and Becky put them in leadership, and they saw the leadership thing on them because we saw leadership thing in them, and they started at the school, and you can trace it all them. All the way back to them sitting in our breakfast room, saying, "Would you come and lead a small group of six yeah. people?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just love that. I love that whole process. It's very cool. So, to everybody who's listening right now, and you feel a sense of purpose, whether it's leadership or not, start where you are right now. Start doing whatever is small, because you know you're 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 investing in where God's taking you, and even though you can't see it.
0: Yeah. All right. Next question.
1: Oh, you're asking questions. Oh. All right, go oh, for no. it. No, yeah. go for it, please.
0: So how do you balance ministry and
1: kids? I was thinking about this because I, I re- once heard Dave Ramsey talking about, he wasn't talking about ministry, but he's like, how do you bring balance to your life? And he said, I have a different view of looking at balance, and it really helped me. He said, I think that we think balance means that every day has an equal portion of you know our responsibilities. He said, but life doesn't fit itself well into a pattern like that. And he said, if you think about when you were in university or whenever there would be times when like finals, your your balance would go out the window for a couple of weeks. You're like, I've got my finals, so I'm going to say no to just going out with my friends and partying,' and we'll say yes to being unbalanced for a season of doing a ton of prep work
0: mm-hmm.
1: and getting stuff ready. And if you think about work, you know you might have a deadline at work, and you might scale back on some things to say yes to finishing this deadline and That really helped me with 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 thinking about life because for example, this weekend, we were away at a conference in the morning, mm-hmm. but then what so we spent the morning at a conference, but we spent the afternoon the evening solidly with our kids, right. We we stack that. You're going away this weekend to go speak at a women's conference. Yep. So I'm going to counterbalance that by this weekend. I'm not going to do any ministry. I'm just going to be with my kids all weekend. So I think as long as you're addressing the imbalance, it doesn't have to be everything equal. You can have fits and starts in your schedule As long as your kids get the message that they are more important than the ministry. Right. What do you think?
0: I totally agree. Um, I I think if I don't view everything in seasons, I'll go crazy. Because there's part of me that wants... Well, I think as parents, you want your kids to have the perfect childhood. And I don't know that that necessarily exists. As long as your kids know that they're loved and they're prioritized. Um, that's the residue that they're going to take away from their childhood. So um, I mean, we definitely have seasons where I don't, I don't feel like, Oh, I didn't get enough time with them, you know, today. And then we have seasons where we get more time with them. And I think we just try and take advantage of, uh, of each, you know what I mean? Like, and, and then in the seasons where things feel really busy, really make, really make sure that we're checking in with them and, and, um, aware of how they're feeling.
1: Yeah, I think there's ebbs and flows of busyness. Yeah. And I think as long as you have a great foundation of your kids feeling secure, mm-hmm. then you can, if you have a norm, you know, like we have a fairly rigorous schedule. We know that since they've been born, they know that Monday night we go to m they have a sitter. that That isn't weird to them. That isn't anxious. But if any one of them was to throw a wobbly and need us, I'd not go to m Right. I, w- I would just stay home.
0: Well, we have done that. We've, you know, just been able to, I mean, even on Friday, I was thinking about going to the conference, but MJ was talking about how he hadn't seen me. So I was just like, okay, well, if, if you're feeling like you need mummy time, then you are the priority today. So that's fine.
1: I think the hardest season was last year, starting year two. We, we knew it was going to be a big job. Yeah. And I don't think we underestimate how big it was going to be. I think that we hadn't realized the toll it was going to take on us. Yeah. So maybe that is underestimating it. And it was heartbreaking towards the end when our kids were like, uh, is it going, you know.
0: Is it almost over?
1: Is it almost over? Because we told them, hey, this is going to be a hard season. And I think it was the kindness of God that this summer was an amazing summer. You know, even though we were moving house, that we got so much time to spend with our kids. Yeah, we did. And getting to go on vacation was such a big deal. Like yeah. our kids had prayed all year, we want to go to Disney. And being able to go to Disney this year was such a reward for them. They, it really was, yeah. It, it just absolutely filled their love tank and having nonstop time. And that's one of the things I'm thinking about in our new role of being these senior associates. How do we make sure our our kids aren't sacrificed for ministry? Because that's not our goal and Jeff and Becky are so good at letting us time shift our hours. Oh, like, they're great at it. One of the things that Jeff's been so great at, like I I do a lot of work in the evening so that in the afternoons I can be with our kids. Like we try and our home to get them off the bus. Yeah. And I try and spend between the hours of 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. with them where we can. Like Monday, that doesn't work because we're at right. MA. But the rest of the week we try and i'm there you're cooking i'm doing homework with them at the table yeah and because let's face it they're at school all day so they don't care what we're doing right and they go to bed at 7 so they don't right. care what we're doing after 7 right
0: so, so we give them those 3 hours or make sure that they're focused on them
1: and a, and we all try and have one of us put them to bed yes and and then you know they they are all fast asleep at 7 they just boom out like a light and then and yeah. then we're usually working at night and that that feels great. Like our kids are getting to see us, but it, it, honestly, it's one of the things I worry at the back of my head because I'm sure all pastors think they're doing a great job at balancing life and we're the worst people to be able to determine that our kids are the most important people to be able to tell us that. Or in the case of, I mean, we're this kind of non-traditional are we're both in ministry together. But one of the saddest things is seeing a husband more typically, driven in ministry, thinking he's doing a great job of balancing life and ministry, but his wife looks like a corpse, right? and their kids just hate the church, and Lord, I don't ever want to see that happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I think the key there is, you know, talking with your kids and, and letting your kids know that they're allowed to, and you want them to let you know if they're feeling like they've fallen off your grid or, you know, stuff like that. Like our kids can say to us, I just need a cuddle. I just want to sit and be cuddled or I just need to talk or, you know, whatever. And that's, that's what we want to, you know, make sure that you respond to.
1: Well, here's a really practical thing. Our kids up until this year have never minded coming to both services at Gray Center. Right. They've loved being able to see their friends, both services. But about a month ago, they started saying, do we have to go to two services? Right. It, it does not help anybody if my kids begin to resent going to the place that I love going to.
0: Well, I think what I love is that Jeff doesn't want them to no. resent church. Jeff is
1: like, okay, we need to find a way yeah. to make that work. So your kids are not raised to loathe going to church on right. Sunday. So we're currently trying to work out a schedule of how, how is it that our kids can come to one service and we can still do our jobs <laughs> and we're, we're trying to work that out. But I love yeah. that there's discussions like that at the senior levels at Grayson Center where yeah. the priorities are kids are not sacrificed. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just think that's amazing. I have a question for you. Yeah. I don't even know this is a question. I'll read it out. You lead like you are, not a stage version of yourselves. How did you arrive at that?
0: <laughs> that's... Wow.
1: That's how my brain works. It's yeah. staccato.
0: Wow, look at that. That's terrifying. Um, I think honestly, I watched John and Carol be the same people off the stage as on the stage. And oh, so wonderful. Um they I mean, you They didn't put anything on when they got on the stage. They didn't have to take anything off when they got off the stage. You know what I mean? Like they just, the way they spoke, the way they treated people, the way they, uh, talked about the Lord, the way they prayed, everything was the same. And to me that was authentic. And so, uh, that's, that was our, um, what do you call it? That's our grid. It you is know that's that's what we're used to. So um it's easy to lead like who you are because that's how I was told to lead. You know, I was shown leadership by just people being authentic.
1: and what I love about that is you're never caught off guard, yeah you you never have to forget to be a different version. Yeah. I loved We were being prayed for this morning by the staff and the elders at, at Grace Center we were being commissioned in this new role. I love what Tony Wakefield, who's our family life pastor, said. He said, and I'm paraphrasing here, we basically want you to be the best versions of yourself.
0: Which is so lovely. And, and
1: we've talked about that at length. Like in this role, it is not fair to us to be anything less than who we are. Like that's how people hit burnout. Yeah and it's not fair to other people if we're not who we are. Yeah. And and yet the truth is we have we have serious limitations. We we do there's stuff that's good about the way we lead and there's stuff that could be better about the way we lead. Sure, absolutely. And of course the solution is to help strengthen your weaker parts. But and and, and I'm not ab abdicating personal responsibility in saying that. Of, of course we want to be working on our weaknesses. But there's a point when we try and massage our weaknesses into being something we're really not. Right. And the solution to that is the body of Christ. The solution is to have other leaders who have got the strengths where we're weak right. around us.
0: Which is typically what we've done up until now is be able to identify where uh, our strengths are and where our weaknesses are, and then hire for our weaknesses. Um, and and not be intimidated that you have people around you that, you know, you can identify this is definitely my weakness and they are awesome at this and let them be awesome at it. Right. Yeah.
1: When I was a school teacher, I, before I ever started my first day, the city of Edinburgh paid for us to have a day of training, all these brand new teachers. And they picked some key teachers who have been teaching for years to say, would you spend a day with new teachers and tell them what you need to know? And... W- without any sense of exaggeration and not disdaining the training I had received. But I would say that one day I spent actually one session of one day, I received more practical training than I did in my whole year of teacher training. And basically this teacher said, the only way you're going to be a successful teacher is to have a relationship with your students. And the only way that you're going to have a relationship with your students is to be authentic. He said, because if you fake it and if you become a version of yourself, there's going to come a day in your life when your version cannot be sustained. Mm. Your spouse is critically ill. One of your children has just died. Heck, you could have a serious cold. And the day that you can't be yourself, if you haven't be- built any authenticity with your with your students, you, you've basically alienated them and they'll become hostile. When they see a chink in your armor. they will pounce on you. So he said, the alternate is teach from where you're at. Be, be, you know, authentic. one notch away from yourself because mm-hmm. of course you have to have this veneer as a teacher, but be authentic who you are. He said, because honestly, he said, I promise you after a couple of months, there's going to be days when you can come in and you can say, guys, you know, what, I have a headache today. We're just going to have a knuckle down and, and do some book work today. And I promise you next week we'll, we'll go back to schedule and they'll respect you because you've, you've spent months being authentic and teaching them what will and won't work. And and I love that. And so even to today when I'm teaching, if I'm tired, I, I'm, I'm going to dial down my teaching and teach when I'm tired because it doesn't help anybody for me to be more tired by faking that I'm not tired. That's right. If I'm energetic, I'm going to go with it. And I'm just so powerful. So that's how we lead.
0: Yeah. What avenues have you created in your lives or what avenues have we created in our lives uh, to ensure that we get fed and cared for.
1: We're presumably meaning spiritually because Chick-fil-A <laughs> lives to make sure I'm well fed.
0: <laughs> um, and the the sort of part B to that was do you seek it out or are there people coming to you?
1: I think personal responsibility is that you're always responsible for feeding yourself unless you're an infant. Amen. So whether you're a leader or not, it is your job to be fed. Yeah. And as soon as I start demanding that other people do that for me, I'm 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 going to be malnourished.
0: I totally agree.
1: And as for, I think it is my job to go get that. But I've also welcomed people into my life to spot when I'm spiritually malnourished.
0: Yeah, identify bald spots. Right. Right.
1: And it's never pleasant when people come and go. Eh, it doesn't look like you're flourishing. Yeah. Or hey, it uh, kind of probably feels like you need a timeout. Like <laughs> you know, you're hangry. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, there's, there's, I, I, when I'm around leaders, I'm asking them, you know, what's impacting you? And I'm, 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 I'm always interested. Whenever I'm around leaders, like we had the privilege of having lunch with Banning Liebsherr from Jesus Culture two weekends ago, was it? When we yeah. were at Legacy National? Yeah. And, you know, I was trying to honor the fact that he's having lunch and uh but I just threw a bunch of questions his way the whole session that I was doing with Alex and Henry. Basically I just asked them questions I'd be meaning to ask them anyway, <laughs> so I'm constantly trying to glean from other leaders and yeah. uh, who are ahead of me, like just help me understand, I mean, you know, my Amazon list of books that I'm buying at the moment to help me grow in, in, in areas of understanding is, is great. And God bless us with such rich relationships where we get to ask brilliant people. Brilliant question.
0: Yeah. It's really good. What about you? How am I getting fed? Yeah. Um, I think, I I don't know that I'm doing a great job of getting fed new, uh, and challenging information at the moment. I think if I'm honest, I'm probably in a season where I'm, uh, sustaining and processing more than I'm eating new stuff, but I am an, uh, I am thinking, oh yeah, I want to, I want to read that. I want to, you know, so I think last year, because it was so intense, it probably took me the whole summer to decompress. Um, Right. And
1: we learned a lot last year.
0: Yeah. Um, And so there's, there's still a lot because of, because we did so much, even just research for new weeks of teaching and all that kind of stuff. There's still a lot of that that I'm thinking about and pondering constantly, but I think I'm uh, heading towards wanting to chew on some new stuff. So, um, yeah, I'll probably be looking for some new stuff to read soon.
1: Babe, it's about that time in the podcast when we need a listener's question. Oh. And we have a fantastic question this week from Kevin. Okay. He writes this I've heard you speak about boundaries and relationships and got the idea that you personally, and also as teachers, encourage people to say no to too many relationships. I have found myself in agreement with this for much of the last seven plus years of my life. However, recently I changed churches and had a fresh look at how attempting to gain new relationships can be so hard when other people are already set in their current relationships. My question is this, do you have any advice on this for the person seeking to be included or find some people to share life with within their church community that may have many well-established connections that can seem hard to penetrate? I was like, that is an amazing question. Do you want to know my first thought when I read that question?
0: I do want to know your first thought.
1: Well, I was thinking about our life. We have some very well-established relationships in our life. The reason we encourage people to say no to too many relationships in their life is you can either go for depth or breadth, you, I but see, you're
0: not going to get both. <laughs> I see
1: people with hundreds of quote-unquote relationships, but they're not really relationships. They're like acquaintances that are an inch deep in, mm-hmm. in substance. Mm-hmm. So it is impossible to maintain significant relationships um, w- without, without care and without diligence. So I, uh, you know, we have existing relationships that we're working on, but they're not bolted down because I understand that all relationships are fluid. They're fluid with life. They're fluid with timing. They're fluid with, oh, I just got a new job. Oh, I just have kids. And so everybody's watched their friend get engaged, for example, and you suddenly realise, oh, my time allocation to my friend who just got engaged has adjusted slightly as they're spending more time with their fiance. Well, that's supposed to happen. Yes. And then when they get married, you're getting even less time. That's that's a good thing. And then when married couples have kids suddenly they might be finding that they're (laughs) connecting more and more with people who also have kids in this life stage. So that's what I mean about fluid. I mean, my best friend in in Edinburgh to this day, I mean, this was the person we spent vacation with on summer, but I used to spend every Tuesday night with Glenn and I used to see him several times a week at church. Now I maybe see him once a month via FaceTime Right. And our relationship has had to change given the fact that there's time zones we live on the other side of the world. And it's it, is, it would be weird to exclusively maintain that relationship while ignoring all the great relationships that are available to either one of us in sure. real life. Sure. So with that understanding that relationships are always fluid, I'm always interested to see ho- who the Holy Spirit is highlighting in any different season. For yeah. example, this weekend at the conference, we go to the conference, we're at the belonging, we're having lunch. And there is somebody at that table that I'm having lunch with that I'm like, huh, if they were in the city, I would, I would pursue a relationship with this person because the Holy Spirit is resting on them. Mm -hmm. Now they don't, so I'm, I'm not going to, and, uh, because that wouldn't make sense. But I, I think my encouragement to you, Kevin, is let the brilliance of who you are shine out. There's a verse in Proverbs that says a gift makes way for his giver and ushers them into the presence of the great. I'm kind of taking that verse slightly out of context, but the great there uh, in this, in, in the way I'm meaning it is you're looking at these people thinking, man, I'd be great to be friends with them, but they already look like they have great existing friendships. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. You're The greatness that God's put in you will shine out. So my encouragement to you is just be yourself, be brilliant and and respond to every invitation to go anywhere with anyone. Initially yeah. when you're in a new place is yes. Yeah. yeah. I would love to have coffee. Yes, I'd love to you're not committing to anything, but basically you need to get known. You need to get connected if they're doing mixers, if you're doing socials, even if it's stuff you're not interested in. Small groups. Going there yeah. exposes your brilliance to other people and will usher you into the greatness of the people that God's you know, called you to be in relationship with. That happens to me weekly. I'm I'm around people, new people, and for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit will light upon people and will be mm-hmm. like, oh, that's, that's interesting. So... It got me thinking that that's my best thought at first glance. AJ Jones, any thoughts on that?
0: I would also say be persistent because sometimes I think we can think out of our own insecurities that somebody doesn't want to be friends with us because we, it hasn't happened yet. You know, like we haven't had coffee or we haven't whatever. But like just thinking about us, when I look around, there's, there's tons of people that I think, Oh man, I wish I had the time to really get to know that person because they seem amazing, but it's just not what this season looks like for us right now. And that needs to be okay. And so I would say, um, just pursue, like, go ahead and, and risk it and pursue relationship. If you meet people that you're like, gosh, I think we would, you know, I think we get to lo- along, or maybe don't open with that line. Yeah. Don't maybe don't open with that. We, we, I have a joke with my friend Shannon because, uh, We came to visit Grace Center uh, to do a conference there, and you know, about a year or so before we moved there, and Shannon came up to me and she said, "Hi, I'm Shannon, and if you lived close, we would be best friends." And I was like. You know.
1: Um But it turns out she wasn't a psycho, she was just being prophetic.
0: Turns out she it was it was pretty dead on. But um and in yeah, spite don't do of that, that terrifying
1: <laughs> comment, she made it through your armor.
0: <laughs> she was funny because when she tells the story she said, you know, she's thinking in her head like, What am I doing? You know. Um yeah, so don't do that. But um, yeah, go ahead and just risk it with a couple of people. You know, if you find people that you're like, you know, what I think we get along, and if for some reason this isn't the season or the timing for that, uh, don't give up on people. Just you know, keep keep pursuing interesting people.
1: There's also seasons of hiddenness and manifestation in our lives, where we're we're genuinely invisible for to some people for some reasons, and we're we're highly visible to other people, and so learn to navigate the favor that you have in different people's eyes. And Mm. I'm sure I'm repeating stuff you've already heard us say, Kevin, but that was such a great question. I'm glad you asked it and it caused me to think on it. And if you want to write in and tell us your experiences later, I'd love to hear any more wisdom on that situation.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, to wrap up, tis the season for conferences in Nashville. Uh, We have Heaven Declares Conference coming up in October. It's the 27th through the 29th. And uh, we have about 70 tickets left at our early bird pricing, which is $59. Um, and then, you know, it'll, it'll start going up from there. It's $100 at the door. If I, you,
1: I would hate anybody to pay $100 yeah. at the door. When There's you, no reason when you to pay get, $100. Especially when you could get a ticket for less than 60 bucks. Yeah. If you haven't got your ticket for our annual prophetic conference at Gray Center... We would love you to come. Life Hetland is speaking, Jamie Galloway is speaking, and Andy Squires is leading worship. It's going to be super amazing.
0: It is. It is. And I'm also reminded uh, that it's only 12 more Sundays until Christmas.
1: Is it 12? Tw- Did you just make that up?
0: No, you, well, kind of. Well,
1: I think it's got to be close to 12. Hang on, let's ask Siri. Let's ask Siri. Hey, Siri, how many more Sundays is it till Christmas?
0: It's three months until then. Ha ha. 12 Sundays. So I don't know what my point was in that, but uh, you said tis the season. And so and I... And you started thinking about Christmas. I, I did. I have I'm, a question for you. How yes. excited
1: are you about Christmas?
0: I'm excited about Christmas. Is it too
1: early to plan Christmas?
0: It isn't. It isn't too early. It's have never you, too early. Have
1: you been thinking that maybe this year is the year we decorate the outside of our house? <gasps>
0: Let's do it. We need to
1: see what kind of craziness. We need to pitch the the level of craziness relative to our neighborhood. I, I want to see what our neighbors do at Christmas.
0: I'm thinking that our neighbors are going to f- be fairly impressive at Christmas. But uh, we could maybe like launch some sort of campaign, some sort of competition, a light competition no. like that movie with the snowmen.
1: Yeah, it didn't end well for oh, anybody. You're
0: right. Never mind. Well... Okay,
1: now you've totally sidetracked my thought life. All I'm thinking about (laughs) is exterior lighting. I
0: want to decorate the outside of our (laughs) house.
1: Okay, Um, get me some fireworks. I'm going to need plenty of fireworks. Wait, wrong season. All right, well, thank you for joining us this week on our wild ramblings about leadership We love that you tune in every week. Thank you for letting us be this close to your ears each week. That sounds so creepy. I didn't mean it to. Please don't go away. Please don't stop listening. We love you. (laughs) Come
0: back. If you'd like the show notes, go ahead and head on over to alanandaj.com slash.
1: 120.
0: Yeah. 120. Wow. 120.
1: And if you have a question you'd love to ask us, please go to com slash ask. We'd love to hear your question and we'll do our best to answer it. Yes, we will. And as ever, we pray you have an incredible week this week filled with affection, favor, and glory.
0: Have a good week. Faith, life, Life. communication Tacos and video games Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ keeping up with the Joneses keeping up with the Joneses sharing their life experiences keeping up with the Joneses keeping up with the Joneses they talk about faith in God and everything under the sun if you are a human being There's something here for everyone